This is Eric from Cheyenne, Wyoming, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Good day, listeners and um, fans of the PHN Podcast. Um, That's right, you are not listening to producer Richard Cote. In fact, what you are doing is listening to the left wing of the second line, Lou Lafredo down here in Albuquerque, and I am joined by um, Jacob Darty in uh, Edmonton. And Jacob, take it away. What have you got uh, going on this past week and a half? Uh, not much. Uh, just relaxing. Yeah. Got into a bit of artwork and stuff. So, artwork. Yeah. We've been we've been doing this together for how long? And this is uh, uh, we'll have to talk sometime about your artwork. It's not. It's like I've just started. I'm not. I'm a very novice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to it, so. Cool. Well, yeah. listen. Um, Usually, our listeners are are tuning into the second line edition of the PHN podcast, but um, uh, philosophically, geographically, and of course by direction, uh, we are missing our center. So we are n- neither the first nor second line. Jacob and I are holding down the um, the donut line, if you will, and we are <laughs> playing a penalty kill for the next hour or so. Um, so it's been an interesting week. Um, a lot has gone on. Uh, the women, uh, the National Women's Hockey League finished up its abbreviated season uh, last weekend. And the Boston Pride um, took the Isabel Cup uh, this year over the uh, Minnesota Whitecaps, um, making me, I think, three, uh, two and four on the weekend. <laughs> Because I had taken um, the Whitecaps to take the Isabel Cup this past week. So it's been uh, something of a disappointment. My um, my best results this year, Jacob, have been with uh, uh, the first line coming in as a guest. I'm 10 and 2 so far this season. Wow. So that's, it's, it's really bizarre. Um, I, I can't seem to miss too much. Um, when we're dealing with uh, when I'm coming in as a as sort of a guest um, uh, for that line, but um, the other thing that uh, is finally starting to get geared up uh, over the last week, and uh, in fact last night was the first sort of tune-up game, uh, was the EIHL over in the United Kingdom is getting their season um, their tournament really as a fill-in for the season is getting geared up. Um, and last night, uh, the Nottingham Panthers knocked off the Covington Blaze uh, six to one. <laughs> Somehow or another, they called it a rally um, <laughs> or come from behind win. I, I don't know that a one nothing lead for the Blaze could be considered uh, insurmountable, but uh, uh, that warm up uh, went to Nottingham uh, one uh, six to one. And so there are four teams that are going to be uh, taking over the. Um, uh, the ice and it, um, Nottingham Panthers, Coventry Blaze, Manchester Storm, and the Sheffield Steelers. Um, all four teams have um, staffed up their rosters as well as their bench bosses, um, and they are going to be playing 24 games in this tournament um, and presenting a, a bit of silverware at the end. Um, what has been very interesting about this, and it's, um, well, uh, uh, Jacob, I know you're going to pick it up a little bit in a little bit with the NHL, but um, um, the EIHL has really focused on keeping the fans at home. 
and one of their taglines has been uh, support your team stay at home um, and you know once they started doing that um, uh, prohockeynews.com got in touch with the EIHL and we have started running some of their ads on our site um, to support that uh, sort of philosophy um, so that's been that's been the the women's side as well as the EIH side coming up over over the last week. Um, now, granted, Richard is not here, but because he is our uh, philosophical leader and and number one in the hearts and minds of our listeners, um, Jacob, uh, you and I, I think are two and three respectively. There, uh, we are going to do a rundown of the ECHL and the AHL uh, as we do each week on the second line edition. And so there are, uh, the ECHL, just to remind our listeners, is um, it's really just two conferences right now. It's the Western and the Eastern Conference. And out of the Western Conference, it is the uh, Fort Wayne Comets and the Wichita Thunder who are holding down the one and two positions. The thing to keep in mind here is that um, the Comets uh, came in late into the season, and so far they've only played about, tw- well, they've played exactly 21 uh, games uh, but their point, um, their winning percentage is higher than uh, the Wichita Thunder, so they've taken over first place. Um, out in the, well, back in the Eastern Conference, uh, since uh, Jacob, you and I are out here in the mountainside, um, the Florida Everblades and the, and the Indy, uh, Indy Fuel are in uh, the one-two positions. Um, and just because... Richard is not here. I will at least give a nod to the third place uh, Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Uh, the Swamp Rabbits are one of uh, Richard's favorite teams. They're they're holding a, holding down the third position in the Eastern Conference. Um, there has not been a whole lot of movement uh, in the ECHL. Uh, not nothing dramatic, Jacob. It's been a bit. I, I don't want to say stagnant. Um, but much like the NHL, um, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago on the second line. Well, when the second line met, as opposed to the donut line, um, we talked about the the top four in each of the divisions of the of the NHL, se- seemingly pretty solid. But we have something to talk about at that later. Uh, it's the same holds true, I think, with the ECHL. Well, who we're seeing at the top of the ladder is really who we're going to see moving into the playoffs. Um, over in the um, AHL, the standings, um, the the thing that um, has struck me over the over this season, if you will, is that every time we talk about a team doing really well, uh, we seem to be putting the fickle finger of fate on them. Um, one of the first was the San Diego Gulls who got off to a fast start. We started talking about the Gulls and they went into a five or six game losing streak. So we're going to try not to deal with uh, too much of the um, uh, particulars about specific teams. Uh, So in the AHL, we've got the Atlantic division as Richard has uh, talked to us about and sure most of our listeners know. Um, it's the Portland, uh, excuse me, Providence Bruins and Hartford Wolfpack are holding down the one-two slots in the Atlantic Division. In the Northern uh, North Division, it's the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. If there's been one team that has actually moved since the last time you and I met, Jacob, it's the Phantoms. Um, 
the AHL affiliate for the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, the Utica Comets, who are the affiliate for uh, Vancouver. Uh, Canucks in the NHL, they hold down the number two spot in the north. Um, and we'll have something uh, related to the comments here in a bit with uh, Jacob's report uh, coming out of the cent- out of the um, out of the Canadian division. Um, Laval Rocket um, have taken over the number one spot from the Toronto Marlies. So uh, Marlies are holding down the number two spot with um, uh, the Rocket there. Uh, one team of note in this one, in this division, out of the Canadian side, was uh, Stockton, which had moved, has moved up to uh, Calgary um, for their games. They had gone through a five or six, uh, six game win streak, and now have hit something of a cold spot um, uh, since we last met. Um, and then, uh, coming out of the Central Division, uh, the Chicago Wolves uh, are still. Uh, holding down the number two spot. They have only lost two games in regulation so far this season um, out of a total of 16 games played. And uh, uh, Grand Rapids Griffins are holding down the number two spot. Um, uh, the Henders- Out in the West, or the Pacific Division, the Henderson Silver Knights, um, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights affiliate, um, are up in the number one spot. They took it over from the San Diego Gulls, uh, who I said... Uh, Got off to a hot start, then cooled off, but uh, have done a fairly decent job over the last uh, few weeks. In fact, I think they've won four in a row now. Uh, They hold down the number two spot. So that's really the AHL side, um, or our minor league coverage here uh, in North America. And um, just to remind our listeners, you are listening to the PHN podcast, and this is the Donut Line. And uh, I'm going to ask our left winger, uh, Jacob, to take it over um, with some of our uh, NHL news. Jacob, what do you got? Yeah, so to start out with unfortunate COVID NHL news, um, there has been a very serious uh, COVID-19 outbreak in Vancouver. Um, Just to throw the Canadian division into utter disarray, I believe last podcast we talked about how the NHL delayed their seat or delayed the playoffs for a single day. Um, and if, and now we're at the point where Vancouver might not uh, finish their regular season um, because of how late it is into the season and how big of a COVID break this is. Um, the players on the COVID-19 list are, or protocol or who are in COVID-19 protocol include Alexander Edler, Quinn Hughes, Zach McEwen, Antoine Roussel, and Braden Holtby. And that is very um, bad for Vancouver, who in the city of Vancouver are experiencing one of the worst COVID outbreaks they've ever seen since the start of the pandemic. So, Lou, do you have anything to add? (sighs) Um, I don't. I am not going to be accused of being Mr. Sunshine by by Adam, over on the first line. But uh, I, actually, uh, Jacob, what I was in all seriousness, what I was going to do is ask you to uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, the COVID nineteen um, outbreak in Vancouver as a city. What um, what news? What news of that outbreak? What is the what is the um, what's the cause? Has this did the city open up prematurely? Is it just fatigue? You know, you know pandemic fatigue, or or what do you think? 
Um, I, it, like all things, it's probably a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Okay. Um, it also Vancouver, um, especially the downtown area, has a very large amount of people uh, yeah. in a very small area. Yeah. And while you can do only do so much for social distancing, unfortunately, when there are so many people in that small space, you start to get things. And, and keep in mind, when we're talking about uh, Vancouver being bad, we're not talking about the New York levels of bad. No, um, no. Yeah. This is bad for Vancouver. However, right. it's not that bad to where it's out of control. It's just very serious and they need to and they have been taking steps and doing what needs to be done in Good. order to make to get this squashed. Yeah. And, and and you know, reflecting that back to the Canucks, I mean, you know, these five players, it's not like <laughs> it's not like the fourth line, right? Yeah. Um, and Braden Holpe, and um, um, they're, they're sort of lucky they have Thatcher Demko, uh, who they oh, just yeah. signed to a five-year uh, contract. Um, but uh, uh, Quinn Hughes, Bray, uh, you know, Roussel, uh, Edler, this is this is um, this is damaging to whatever hopes Vancouver would have had uh, coming out of the protocol. Is that right? Yeah, um, I, I actually have not, uh, I haven't checked or looked into how, you know, serious, um, if any of them are having any serious symptoms, I obviously hope not, but yeah, um, yeah no, it's, they are not going to be happy <laughs> for the next two weeks. <laughs> Uh, right, it's two. It's a two-week break for them. Um, yep. Look at what happened. You know, how long was it? Eleven days uh, that the Canadians had missed uh, yeah. in their most recent protocol. You know, they certainly came out hot. They won the first two games coming out of the pause. Um, but now is you, 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 granted that each division is a each divisional game now, or f- for the entire season, is is a four-point game. Um, it's it's going to be incredibly difficult for Vancouver now. It was difficult to begin with. Now the hill is just um, uh, monumental to try and make up any kind of distance, don't you think? Oh, for sure. And unfortunately, they have already played a majority of their games against Montreal, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, meaning that they have to have, rely on a lot of help from both Calgary and Montreal in order to leapfrog, well, they are tied with Calgary, but they have to play. They have to hope that Montreal loses a, a lot of games, despite Montreal having four games in hand Jeez. over Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you could almost declare them out of postseason oh. contention. Yeah, I, I, that's. That was almost a given um, two weeks ago when we met on the second line, um, yeah. but you know now it's it, it's it's just not possible. Um, you know you're going to miss so two weeks you're going to miss seven games, fourteen points. Uh, the way they've been playing, what are they going to get? Nine points out of it? Yeah, eight points. Give up six. You know, give away six, um, all while 
Montreal is continuing to win. I, you know, Calgary had that, you know, sort of um, turned up the the burners once uh, Daryl Sutter came in with three straight wins, but they've played mediocre hockey since those three. So yeah, they're four and that, six in the last ten. Yeah, yeah, and so basically, the the, the best Vancouver can hope for is the fifth spot, uh, uh, unless, as you said, you know, somebody ahead of them tanks, and the only one that is even close to being um, in that position is Montreal. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a rough season. Um, it's sort of a throwaway, I think, in the end. So, what else you got coming out of the NHL? Yeah, so Patrick Marlowe is now second in all time in games played. He is, I believe, 11 away from uh, Cody Howe, Mr. Hockey. Uh, he's 41. Is that right? Is, Maybe. Yeah, and, and he's offered himself up to be traded. He's willing to be <laughs> traded from the, from the San Jose Sharks. And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, the way he's skating, I, uh, I, I, I might take a flyer on him. Yeah, depends the pri- on the price though. If sure, if you don't have to pay much, I mean, he's never he's not going to hurt any team. No, no, I. Um, he's certainly not hurting the San Jose Sharks. Oh, yeah. um, um, I his play has been uh, commendable. I think for somebody at forty one, um, being able to to put in that number of games, um, and I don't think he's missed any this season. Um. Yeah, I. What? Why not? I take a flyer on him as, as well. So he's only eleven behind Gordy Howe. I believe so. Interesting. Hmm. All right. So, yeah, no, it's it's uh, very impressive. <laughs> and yes, actually, it is. He's now down to nine games. Nine away games. From Gordy Howe. Nine games. Um. You know, I, I didn't want to have to play once a week. <laughs> you know, I, I stopped playing because I just got, you know, had to had to go to work the next day after one or two games a week. And uh, here's this guy playing three nights, a, three, four nights a week. That's um, cheers to Patrick Morlow. Yeah, it's very good for him. Yeah. And now moving on yeah. to... News, I guess. The Buffalo Sabres beat the Philadelphia Flyers, who are not playing well at all, um, to end their to tie the record for an 18-game losing streak. That is terrible. Um, we, I, I believe we've talked about yeah. the Buffalo Sabres and their abysmal performance for about the last three. Um, <laughs> At least the last three episodes of the second line. I was going to say the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. I'm sorry. That was that was my snarky, uh, snarky little comment. Yeah. Um, so that was. Question. Yeah. Go ahead. I have a question for you now. Yeah. Is this the Buffalo Sabers finally overcoming some demons, or is this the Philadelphia Flyers? Playing down to the comp to their competition. Um. Well, uh, okay. I'm gonna. I'll answer. Let's look at that uh, at a three game stretch that the Sabers are on right now. 
They've collected points in the last three, uh, two overtime losses. They actually had a 3-0 lead on the Flyers uh, in the previous game, but the Flyers came back, scored three in regulation, and then one in overtime to take that game away from the Sabres. The Sabres just gave up. Um, this this second one was um, uh, two empty net goals. So the, the, the game was actually 4-1 in the third. The last uh, two were the empty nets. One of them was a shorthanded goal by Montour. And then last night, the Sabres lost to the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. Uh, the Buffalo... Um, scored with 3.6 seconds left in regulation to force the extra session. So that's a long way to say, to answer the question, um, uh, Jacob, that maybe they've turned something of a corner by, you know, threat from the GM that everyone is on the block, that there are no safe positions uh, on the Sabres. Uh, but there, I think there's an answer 1B. And that 1B answer is that the Philadelphia Flyers are just a terrible defensive team. Yeah, which is quite surprising because their defense last season, we were talking about being probably the best in the league. if Or one of the best. And now they don't have defense. And they didn't make any major changes to remove players. This is just everyone forgetting to play defense. Do you think it's the Flyers just not um, staying diligent with their with their coaches, or do you think it's the coaching staff, or do you think uh, teams have figured their defensive style out? You know, I. Louis Blyman and Jack Smart um, cover the Flyers and Pittsburgh Penguins for us. And uh, they both shoot Philadelphia games uh, for us. And I've had discussions with, particularly with Louis, because he knows that I'm a Ranger fan, obviously, um, and he's a, a diehard Flyers fan. And his take on it is that the offense is not the issue. The goaltenders are not the issue, despite me saying that Philadelphia is where goalie careers go to die. Um, that the defense is just standing around, and I've really paid attention to this um, over the last week to 10 days with the Flyers. And he's right. Uh, the Rangers put up 17 goals. Um, uh there were two games in a row that the that the Rangers won nine nothing and eighteen to three. Uh, excuse me, eight to three. And the Rangers had they had time to set up a coffee, um, ham and cheese sandwich, and a and a and a little thing of potato salad on the side in the slot. <laughs> had that, finish off the coffee, throw everything away, and then set up the puck. To take the shot, and no one touched them. Yeah. No one touched a Ranger player. Um, it was staggering how the defense um, just stood off to the side. Uh, what was it? What line was it? The second defensive line, the the, the second defensive pairing was 
each player was a minus six, I think, in the nine nothing game, and weren't oh. much better in the in the eight to three um, loss the, the in the next game. Um, Elaine Vino um, has only been there a couple of years. I can't imagine that his that he's lost the locker room. He's not that kind of a coach to lose a locker room this soon uh, or be turned off. I the offense is is certainly capable, but uh, when you're well, you know what um, the night that. Uh, Buffalo got them the uh, well the six one Buffalo win. Uh, nearly all six of those goals, the the uh, Buffalo forwards were back in the offensive in their offensive zone. No one back checks, so it's the defensive scheme. So I'll put it back to you. Um, what's your take on the Flyers? Yeah, it, when you said they were just standing around, that this makes a lot of sense. Um, I haven't really watched the Flyers that much, but I have been hearing a lot of people complaining about the defense, not necessarily the goaltending or the offense side of the puck. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what happened because Al, this is Alan Vigneault's second year, right, uh, with the Flyers. So I, I know. Th- this is, I guess, this is a weird trend because, for some reason, um, the Flyers have one good season, one bad season, one good season, one bad season. Yeah, and, and they just and, had the good season. Yeah, they just had the the good season that you know they're really pushing, and now they're uh, essentially trailing the Rangers um, on uh, the tiebreakers uh, for the fifth spot, and the Rangers are only three back of the Buffalo uh, uh, Buffalo uh, Boston Bruins. Um, but the interesting thing here is that Vino set or uh, uh, Carter Hart was a, a healthy scratch for the two games in Buffalo, and he is going to start, I think, tonight. Uh, but the reports out of Philadelphia are that uh, Carter Hart is just not working. Um, he's he's sort of taking practice off, um, a little too lackadaisical, and Vino needed somebody, I think, as a. As a, not as a scapegoat, but certainly as an example. Um, they did waive Shane Gothisbear uh, this week. I don't think he was not claimed by anyone off of waivers. Every, I guess everyone's just waiting for the trade deadline. Especially with that contract, too. You get that big contract, and and um, they. I thought when they when they signed Kevin Hayes away from uh, Winnipeg that Philadelphia was about to turn the corner and that they would really challenge the top, uh, the, the Capitals and the New York Islanders uh, in that Metropolitan Division. But um, Hayes has, I think, 11 or 12 goals this season, and it, he, he's sort of transparent, um, as with most of the Flyers. It's a strange, a strange uh, situation there. Yeah. And while Hayes isn't really a goal scorer, like he's more there as like the physical presence, the middle six player. But the contract that he signed was uh, was goal scorer <laughs> contract. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. 
it doesn't feel like one of the worst contracts in the no, NHL. No, 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 not at all. I, I like Kevin Hayes. It's just I think in Philadelphia he has, uh, unfortunate for him, I think he's sort of disappeared. Yeah. Not for lack of trying. I think just with, there's a system there that isn't working. That Yeah, it, it does make sense because yeah. I believe he signed there when Alain Vignon uh, started as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. moving on to the Florida Panthers, Aaron Ekblad is out Oof. for the rest of the season with leg fractures. Lou, are the... What are the Florida Panthers going to do? Well, um, you know, they just brought in a uh, signed uh, young goaltender, uh, and his name just escaped me, so my apologies to the Florida Panthers. But uh, the idea is that Drager may be on the trade block. So um, he, there are an awful lot of teams that could use uh um, a young goaltender like Drager to come in uh, and pick up uh, pick up the crease work, and in return, I can't imagine that the Florida Panthers would not get uh, a center to slide into that spot. I just hope. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> they just need a center. Um, um, they need to replace Eckblad. That's it. And I think if they if they put Drager up on the block, they'll get they'll they'll take care of that. It hasn't slowed them down. Um, they won uh, last night, and they've they've taken the last two games without Ekblad. Yeah, they are tied for first in their division. However, Tampa does have a game in hand. But. Right, but. You know, as we were saying before, um, who's going to overtake them? Uh, they they are essentially guaranteed. Well, they are guaranteed. A, a, the, I don't think the X's have been put next to anybody yet. Um, uh, the Florida Panthers have uh, 52 points, and uh, the fourth spot is uh, Nashville at 39. No one is going to, you know. Yeah. No one's going to catch them, so they are they are slotted into the playoffs. Um, I, what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, what well, they are, I, I guess they are slotted into the playoffs. I don't know if they'll stand a chance at all. Um, Carolina is a very deep defensive team, uh, like Florida, and well, not not unlike Florida, not, uh, so. Now Florida can be exposed, and that's scary if you're a Panthers fan. So I think this impact will be felt. Not, it won't be felt immediately. I think the impact will be felt in about a few days when um, everyone starts to go back to normal, and then they realize, oh, we don't have our guy. Yeah. We don't have Ekblad here. And yeah. that's just going to be a huge loss uh, for them in the locker room, I feel. Yeah, uh, you're right about that. Um, um, certainly it's the locker room leadership. Um, um, the, there's the ice leadership, of course, but um, you, you need that sort of steady presence in the locker room as well. And that's that has been Ekblad's uh, strength, I think, in Florida since he got there. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not quite as pessimistic as you, maybe, about the playoffs. Um, yes, Carolina is strong, but um, I don't know. If somebody were going to ask me to take a to do a prognostication on the playoffs, I think I'd, I'd pick Florida. Interesting. Yeah. So well, what else fun. you got? Oh, okay, God, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sure. Um, so the issue really is that they're anywhere between one and three. Yeah. Um, Nashville is not going to suddenly put on another, you know, a 10-game uh, winning streak or something like that. And Chicago... What happened to Chicago is the other team that we put the cooler finger on. Uh, I think they just went back to what they should be. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> well, it, it happens, right? When yeah, you play yeah. over your expectations and then you fall back to where you were expected to be, um, it doesn't look pretty. No. But they still have a chance to snag that fourth spot, um, which is just going to be a dogfight for everyone in that division in that central division um dallas is five or yeah five points back columbus is three points back and chicago and nashville are tied so that's yeah, gonna be so so i wouldn't hold you know this isn't um this isn't a gambling uh, show <laughs> But uh, and I'm not going to hold you to a uh, a prediction. But what do you think about those that four team spread from uh, four down to seven? Who do you think has got the best the the best chance? And I'll give you mine when after you. Um, man, I don't really know. I think Nashville uh, has been playing quite well. Uh, with their, they have they are eight and two in their last ten, but and and I think they have the talent to carry them, uh, to drag their corpse um, <laughs> through into the playoffs. But we'll see. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Nashville as well. Um, Dallas has not shown any sort of uh, spark, except for those first four or five games coming out of their their protocol. Columbus, um, I'm still convinced that Tortorella um, has lost that locker room, and he will be gone at the end of this season. Um, I think uh, the ownership and management in for the Blue Jackets just recognizes that it's a it's a COVID year. You know why. You know uh, why pull the trigger now? And Chicago, I think you said it best, Jacob. And that is, um, they were play uh, the Blackhawks were playing above expectation, and now they're playing at expectation, and everyone else around them is going to start to pass them by. So um, my pick would be Nashville, but um, a quick go of it in the first round. Oh yeah. Whoever that four seed is is going to get absolutely slaughtered pending yeah. some miracle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, so so what else do you got for us? Okay, so we have Nathan McKinnon murdering <laughs> Connor Garland with his own helmet. 
Um, <laughs> in the game against, in the Colorado Avalanche game against the Arizona Coyotes, Nathan McKinnon ripped Garland's helmet off of the set. Uh, the whistle got blown. Uh, there was scuff, scuffle, and then Nathan McKinnon generously gave back Connor Gar- Garland his helmet. Um, unfortunately, it hit him in the face. Right. And it was probably one of the funniest. Um, <laughs> or the funniest moments in the NHL season. Uh, McKinnon obviously got a 10-minute game misconduct and I believe a double minor on the play. Right. Um, <laughs> Lou, what do you think? Uh, yeah, and, he, and <clears throat> so he was he was also fined $5,000 by the league oh, yes. for unsportsmanlike uh, conduct. Um, you know, look, this is... Um, Got into a discussion with uh, another podca- uh, hockey podcast, the Oilers Live podcast out of Nova Scotia this week, uh, because this was a week of of penalties, and uh, Jacob, you and I talked about this in the pre-show planning, um, and and the McKinnon one, I, um, the Avs were dismantling the Coyotes. Uh, the final score in that one was 9-3, to three, and I think at the time of the scrum, it might have been 7 or 8-3. to three. The game was over. In fact, the game was over in the first, in the first seven minutes of the contest. Um, uh, the Avs had put up five goals in the first seven minutes um, before um, Andy Hill um, took a seat at the bench. So you said you had... Uh, I asked you during the pre-planning um, uh, what you thought it was, and you thought it was a verbal thing, right? Yeah, uh, I don't see how any. I don't know what happened. No, like, something <laughs> must have happened because Nathan so, McKinnon, former Lady Pin winner, right? <laughs> <laughs> throws a helmet and gets a five thousand dollar fine. Um, so, do you want to talk about the other two uh, incidents that were this week? Yeah. So, yeah. Connor McDavid kind of went Connor McGregor. Well, not really. <laughs> he just reached out uh, for, he threw his elbow at um, Kotiemi from the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Um, it was, he was trying to go for a hit. Kotiemi said, just backed off as he was going for the hit. And then Connor McDavid just really leaned into it, and it looked really bad. Uh, there was no suspension. He got fined $5,000, maximum level right. under the CPA. Right. And I think people were, ask, were asking for a suspension. I don't think it was suspendable. It was just a – it should have been a penalty. I think it was a penalty, actually. Yes. But it really was – it was just him reaching and him being desperate for a hit. And him and Kokiemi just backing off, and then he had to either back off himself or go harder, and he went harder, and it was a dirty play. It it was dirty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, that's yeah. that's what I, I think surprised me and got my dander up, if you will, um, because in the same week, um, Stevenson. Um, I'm I'm getting old, Jacob, and um, 
there was a, um, a hit in the corner, um, and basically it was the same, at least in my estimation, was the same sort of hit um, that McDavid uh, was, was guilty of. But this one happened in the corner, and uh, Stevenson wound up with a three-game suspension and um, from the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And so Chandler Stevenson uh, is the one who got the three games, and he was he went after uh, L.A. Kings uh, Tobias um, uh, Bjornmore, and you know there were some extenuating circumstances. I think in this one, uh, the the Kings defenseman had gone back for the puck, had passed it to his uh, behind the goal from the left corner uh, in the defensive zone and turned around and Stevenson came in, came in high. But uh, I, I, but I, you know, Jacob, I don't know that it was, it was any higher or not than the McDavid hit. And that's what sort of got me spun up. And that's what sort of, that's what led to the conversation I had. And it wasn't heated or anything like that with uh, Oilers live podcaster. Um, he and I went back and forth and he, he generously admitted that he was a, an Oilers homer. <laughs> so he was a little biased, but he just didn't think it warranted a suspension. So when you look at those two, Jacob, what what is it about um, those two hits that um, make them different in the in the penalty? Uh, I think it's just the movement. Uh, the Chandler Stevenson hit uh, Bjornfoot wasn't moving when he when Stevenson jammed his elbow into his face. <laughs> um, Whereas Kokiemi was moving, and he was moving in another direction from McDavid. And McDavid was still going for the hit. Yeah. It was bad, but no matter what happens, it looks, while well, it is bad and illegal, it's not ever going to be nearly as dangerous unless it's into, unless he falls into the boards, which it wasn't because it was in the open ice. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's never going to be that much more serious or dangerous uh, as the Stevenson hit. And Stevenson just hit a guy who's in a vulnerable position. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go along with that and I'll, I'll reach out to the, our our fellow podcaster and uh, uh, see what he, uh, see what he has to think. Um, so, um, just before we move into the picks, just to remind our listeners, you are listening to the donut line on the PHN podcast with uh, me, Lou Lafredo and, uh, Jacob Doherty out of uh, Edmonton. And I'm down here in Albuquerque and, uh, Jacob, you must, you've got, uh, some surprises for us next. Well, I also saw that you put in penalties in the document. Well, that was the penalty. That was those that three was, penalties. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those were the those were the three gotcha. that. Uh, I. Yeah, I I think you you settled my mind on that. I'm I'm a whole <laughs> lot more um, um, calm about uh, the McDavid. Um, I thought he was getting a pass. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, now for the, we're now going back to the PHN picks last week was pretty 
standard, <laughs> par for the course. Yeah. Richard and I both went three and two. Yeah. We had another rough time. <laughs> <laughs> two and three. However, not as bad as last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was one and four the week before, wasn't I? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and as we said in the pre in the pre show. Um, I've been going along with the first line, and and I'm eight and two in the last <laughs> two weeks with the first line. Uh, how does that happen? And I show up with you guys and sucking eggs. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you got for us? Okay, for the first game, we got uh, actually a pretty good one: a Pittsburgh versus Boston. Boston's at home. Yeah, this is. This is an interesting one because I think it. Don't you think it's a prelude to the to the trade season coming up? Uh, the the Boston offense has just gone quiet. Uh, Brad Marchant was the only uh, goal scorer last night in the four one loss to the Pens. Um, but I don't see Boston losing at home, so I'm going to take the Bruins. Oh no, Lou. Yeah, <laughs> I. It is. Um, yeah, you can you can you can berate me in two weeks when I when it comes back as a loser. <laughs> <laughs> you can say I told you so. I honestly, when I see a team struggle um, scoring, I I laugh at them, and when it's Boston, <laughs> I laugh at them. Yeah, a lot. So I have to pick Pittsburgh. Um, okay, Pittsburgh is not Boston. Um, you can fact check that. Yeah. Uh, and Pittsburgh's on a five-game winning streak, and I don't anticipate that ending. So for our next game, we yeah. have the Minnesota Wild versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, this one, Minnesota won uh, on Thursday night in overtime. Uh, that was that was a big win for them, coming off of two losses in San Jose. Um, which surprised me uh, because the games weren't really entertain, even entertaining. Never mind close. Um, I, I here's another one where I don't see uh, Vegas losing again. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury will almost certainly be in net, so I'm going to take the Knights. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. I don't see them losing. Vegas has been very, very strong this season, and I have no complaints. I look. I Minnesota was my dark horse at the beginning of the season to make the playoffs. I think they will, but um, um, they've been playing well. I, even you know Talbot made thirty-eight saves last night. So oh yeah, um, I always I I completely forgot how good Cam Talbot is um, at just being such a consistent goaltender. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was always disappointed when the Rangers let him go. Yeah. And I think Minnesota is very happy to have him, and they are very lucky to have made that deal with San Jose um, yeah. to ship off that massive Devin Dubnik contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's our next game? Now our next game is Chicago versus Nashville. Or Nashville's the home game. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> so Nashville just had a six-game win streak snapped last night at the hands of Dallas. It wasn't particularly a good effort from Nashville. 
Um, this is a two-game set with the Blackhawks that they could put some distance between themselves and uh, the number five spot. They've got they both teams have got something to play for, but I'm going to take Nashville. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you once again because Nashville has so much talent, and Chicago yeah. is just on a downward trajectory. And yeah, the only reason why I picked this game is because it was one of the closest games, um, you know, within the standings, and it was a very important game because this will determine the final playoff spot. And at the at by the uh, Saturday evening, uh, the number four spot will be isolated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Division. And that's and that could set the tone for the rest of the season. Oh, almost certainly. This yeah. is going to be a playoff game. Yeah, um, absolutely. One to watch. Now another one to watch: the St. Louis Blues, who have a lot to play for against the Colorado Avalanche. I know this. I think I know what your pick's going to be, Lou. But tell me. Um, I think the Blues are done. I, I'm I'm taking Colorado. Yeah. I like I said. I picked these based off how. No, I, uh, <laughs> this is a listen. I think this is a this is probably one of the most entertaining of the four games that you've picked for us so far. Um, uh, Jordan Bennington needs to have a, a an excellent game. Uh, he needs to put a couple of games together to justify the new contract. Um, and, and the rest of the team needs to, there, there aren't enough games left for the, for the blues to pull a, um, um, revival. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Colorado is just such a good team, but yeah, yeah. I, Colorado or, or St. Louis is in the number f- uh, four spot. They are one point ahead of Arizona. So they're not dead yet. No, and the fact that it's Arizona <laughs> sort of guarantees them that spot, doesn't it? Who knows? Uh, it uh, a lot can happen. Yeah, you're a, you're an Arizona fan, right? Uh absolutely not. Well, so I thought when we did the, the when I when we got together for the, was that Lonnie? Maybe I constantly am, mock the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, who among us? Had Arizona as uh, coming out of the the regular season with a with a playoff. Uh, might have it might have been Lonnie. Yeah. So what else you got for us? Ah, uh, the San Jose Sharks with the L.A. Kings. This is a barn burner. <laughs> well, but you know, um, this is. Don't you think this is one that the loser is is really. The sort of go home and wait till next year, loser. Uh, I think they both are. It's that f- well. It's just one um, team gets to have that nice little bit of false hope. Yeah, and for me, it's the Kings. I'm going to take the Kings in this one. Hopefully, Calvin Peterson is uh, the goaltender, <laughs> 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 and not uh, Jonathan Quick. Part of me is just really. I really want to pick San Jose for some reason. Um, I like Patrick Marlowe. I like Rhett Burns. I don't know why I'm going to pick the San Jose Sharks, even though I'm, I know I'm wrong. But last time I knew I was wrong and I picked based off parody, I was right. So, okay. Yeah, we got that. 
And that is the rest of the picks. Uh, if you'd like to follow along, please tweet at the PHN uh, podcast account with your own picks. Uh, and we can share notes and stuffs. Cool. And I, well. Yeah. So that's, um, those are five really good games. Uh, they're at least entertaining from a, from a prediction uh, standpoint. Thanks for doing that. Uh, and thanks for picking up the, uh, the NHL coverage here today, Jacob. Um, in the meantime, just to remind everybody, you're listening to the PHN podcast. Um, as I said, it's the donut line. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at, at PHN underscore podcast. Uh, Jacob, where can uh, our listeners find you? Uh, jdoherty 98 I think, on Twitter. Okay. Um, and you can reach me at uh, the PHN uh, account, uh, PHN podcast account, or over at, at Pro Hockey News. Uh, drop us a line. Tell us what you think of the five picks that we've got so far. And um, uh, let's we'll compare notes, like Jacob said. So before we uh, hand it off, Jacob, what have you? Any parting thoughts? Uh, parting thoughts. Um, I. By our next, or actually by Tuesday, both my parents will have received the first vaccine. Uh, so I'm going to continue to echo the fact that please get vaccinated, stay safe. Pandemic's not over. We're almost over. We're almost. Yeah. Uh, the vaccinations are coming. Just yeah. Just do your best. Uh, stay safe. And yeah, I'm really happy. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. You know, who would have ever thought that we'd be sitting here, you know, saying congratulations about family members being vaccinated, but certainly pass our best on to both of them. Um, And, you know, here in the States, we've crossed over the 100 million vaccine mark, um, just about one third of the population here in the United States has been vaccinated. Uh, we hope the same is holding true in Canada, and uh, we're hoping that um, that outbreak out there in Vancouver is under is under control. We understand, you know, uh, Jacob, from what you said earlier, it's not a New York outbreak or California, Texas outbreak, but it's a you know it's a threat uh, that needs to be looked at. And um, I think I'll leave that as my parting thought as well. And. Um, we look forward to having Richard back in the, in the commander's chair um, in two weeks. And in the meantime, please, everybody, uh, if you can get vaccinated, as Jacob said, get vaccinated, stay safe, stay well, and be back next week for the first line. And we'll see you then. Thanks. <laughs>